This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. We have another gracious guest on the line to talk about why they're a Seattle Mariners fan. Um, oh, I got in trouble for this. I need to do my intro. <laughs> my name is Matthew Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at mrobertson22. This is the Lookout Landing podcast. Uh, read all of our stuff on lookoutlanding.com. Go Mariners, yada, yada, yada. If this is your first time listening, all off season we have been talking to various people on the internet about why they chose to be a Seattle Mariners fan. And today we are here with another guest who fits that bill. This one is back in America after sort of gallivanting around the Bahamas and the Dominican Republic for the sake of content. I am joined by one half of the Cespedes Family Barbecue, the gringo Mr. Worldwide, Jordan Schusterman. What's up, man? Oh, wow. That, that's basically what I've been called for the last five days, um, except in Spanish. Uh, so, so thank you for that, that very kind intro. And uh, I'm very, very happy to be here and, and, and have this conversation because it's a conversation I, I, I it's a question I have to answer to to many people uh, often as we'll get into. Absolutely. And you do have a lot of qualities that are like Pitbull. So I think the Mr. Worldwide thing suits you well. I imagine you're wearing like an all white suit and sunglasses right now. Really getting. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mindset. Yeah, no, definitely not, uh, you know, uh, basketball shorts uh, and a hoodie. Definitely. It's definitely not what I'm wearing. I'm definitely in full suit. I, I, I would only I only dress up for the podcast. Yeah, I put on like a smoking jacket and get like a huge like like one of those chairs with like a five foot tall back. You know, I really get into it. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're you're really making it up for the occasion uh, as well. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, sometimes, you know, I dress up or I dress down. Um, but the main thing, and we've been, you know, feel free to chime in on this. We're trying to get sponsored by White Claw. So uh, I could lie to you and say that I'm drinking a White Claw right now. But I think that would be kind of beneath me. So next time, uh, White Claw, if you're listening, I will have at least four or five White Claws right next to me to really get myself in the right sort of headspace to do this. Look, I love I love that ambition. I, I do worry that there are probably a lot of people after the White Claw sponsorship yeah, uh, right now. Uh, you know, a lot of people trying to ride the wave, as they say. Um, but if, if we can make that happen, like, obviously, I, I, I would be one of my prouder moments. Um, are so, you a White Claw guy? What's your what's your favorite flavor? Oh, oh, man. I mean, you know, man, probably mango. Probably yeah. mangoes is, is the safest, safest move. Right yeah, answer, black cherry. Yeah, fine. But I think mango is the objectively correct answer. Cool. Okay, White Claw, you heard that. Uh, give us money to keep talking about you. Also, I was thinking, and I've voiced this to some of our staff members, I think White Claw is a great nickname for Evan White, so I'm trying to get that going this season too. Wow. Wow, I do like that. Uh, right? We should probably make sure that Evan White likes White Claw too. Uh, of course, he's, he's been of drinking age for, for several years now. I will ask him that uh, the next time. Maybe if I see him in spring training, I'll, 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 have to, uh, I'll have to ask that question to him. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, for a glove first guy named White, it really just almost makes too much sense. And then he could get White Claw sponsor money too. It'd be perfect for all of us. Right, right. I know. Well, now, but this is the problem. You know, after signing the extension, he's probably less, um, you know, in need of that of that sponsorship True. bump. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think he. I, I, I'd be worried that it, it, it's in that situation. It, people would maybe call him the White Claw, right, instead of White mm. Claw. But again, I think there's room for there. There's definitely room for something special there. I agree. 
Yeah, we'll figure it out. We're good at we're good at nicknames here at lookoutlanding.com. But um, Jordan, we've caught you, I think, at a perfect time because nothing at all is happening in Major League Baseball. Everyone has been on their just best behavior, handing out totally no rules have been broken. Contracts. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's just following the rules, you know, kind of ho-hum offseason. A lot of pitchers signing one- and two-year deals. Everything that you would want in a quiet, <laughs> sort of mellow, uh, law-abiding offseason. So what better time to talk about a team that does not, on the surface at least, appear to be cheating? Although nothing would probably be more Mariners than cheating and still being one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, well, I will say uh, it, it is weird um, uh, to to think about like, and it's too, you know, with with Jake, my 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 partner, uh, Cespedes Barbecue, he's, he's an Orioles fan, so we've been chilling in last place uh, for the last couple of years, and it, it feels like we're talking about two different sports and two different leagues, right? Like you have the the behemoths of baseball, you know, handing out billions of dollars and and also getting caught in all these cheating scandals and firing their managers and GMs, and then like all the bad teams are we're just like over there doing other things but like we're, we're still it's like is, are we talking about the same sport it's 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 very strange um but that's why I'm, I'm really excited to just have this conversation here on this podcast and kind of go back to this this weird safe space where it's just like oh let's just hang out and talk about the Mariners it's like this baseball team and they lose a lot and then maybe they'll win in the future yeah it definitely does feel like like I think that's one of the reasons why uh like I don't have any real hatred for like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers because I don't feel like the Dodgers especially because they're in the National League but like the Yankees and Red Sox have never felt like they were a threat to us at all so it's like yeah let them have a lot of money and just make the playoffs every year that's fine like if the Mariners get to that point one day where they're competing with them then that'll change but like I've never had that same sort of animosity towards any other team that most fan bases have like even the Astros they like I hated them just because it was annoying that they were so bad and then so good but it wasn't like uh I hate that they like are in our ass every year it's just like I hate that mm. they exist you know what I mean like I don't see them as a rival because we never compete with them now it's it was never even close cheating yeah but. yeah it's it's weird it's, especially with Houston especially after this past year where they were, they were what seventeen and two against the Mariners. Was it eighteen and one? I think it was eighteen and one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was eighteen and one. So like, but now we're. I mean, this year, I mean, they're going to be getting booed everywhere, right? Like, it doesn't. I, it doesn't I matter. Hope so, they yeah. fight. so like now, it's like it, it, I assume they'll still be pretty good, but it's going to be weird now. But but I, I see what you mean, right? They're not really competing. Um, but but you know, it's fine. We can find other teams uh, to to dislike. I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I will obviously always have a little bit of, of hatred left over for all the AL West teams. But actually, hatred is probably not the right word. It's just like annoyance that mm. we have never gotten to that point. Like, I feel like there's no reason why we couldn't be the A's. You know, that's what's so frustrating about it is like they don't have like all the resources totally. that the Yankees have. But and they haven't even been bad enough to like have the good draft picks like the Astros. They're just smart and good at baseball. It's like, why haven't the Mariners figured that out? in literally 18 years. That's the one that like really like starts to become grading, I think. Yes. Oh, 100%. The A's are, are they, they drive me. Right. The other teams, they, they just frustrate me in, in other ways. It's, it's different in hatred. But again, I, generally me, I try to stay positive. Uh, I, I like, I'd rather, I'd rather root for things than not root for things. Uh, so, or root against things, uh, even not just the Mariners. Um, but there are definitely those teams in the division where it's like, oh God, you are just a pain in the butt. Yeah, and I definitely feel that thing of, like, because you go back to the, they're playing different sports things. Like, when I watch the Mariners play 
the like Yankees or the Red Sox or like when a superstar comes to town, it doesn't really feel like they're playing the Mariners, if that makes sense. It almost just feels like they're playing baseball while the Mariners are also there. Like, I don't see it as like, right. oh, we have to beat these guys. <laughs> it's almost like uh, the way I'd approach like a concert or a movie where it's like, oh, they're here. Right. It's cool. Let's watch. But I'm not like, oh, I hate these guys because they're trying to beat the Mariners. It's very totally that happened. Yeah, and and this year, uh, especially looking at the schedule, um, uh, interleague matched up with the NL East. You know, going to have Juan Soto coming to town, Acuna Jr. coming through. Like those are big. Like you know, that's a, that's a hot ticket to see him perform. Yeah, that'll be great. In, I'm already in, planning. In the same on the same field as the Mariners, while they are also playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, can't wait! Can't wait for Ronald Acuna to hit one out of the stadium. That might be the first person to do it. I would love that. Like, that wouldn't upset me at all if it was him. I would welcome that with open arms. Absolutely. Okay, so let's jump sort of to the beginning of your Mariners fandom because I guess there's two things here. One, you became a Mariners fan at a time when the team isn't very good, which is basically just saying that you became a Mariners fan. Um, But with you, it also wasn't a geography thing because you're growing up in, like, the D.C. area and specifically – chose the Mariners by your own volition. So the obvious question there is just why? Why did you decide I want to be a Mariners fan? Well, well, I mean, the, the reality is, and I've, I've told this um, many times, is it, it, it begins, and it sounds crazy, it begins here at Lookout Landing. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's uh, the, the hard truth, at least uh, in part. Um, I mean, I was, of course, a, a baseball fan growing up uh, in the D.C. area, but I was like that, you know, contrarian kid that had no interest in rooting for any local teams. The Nats showed up when I was 10, um, and that was cool, but they were so bad and so lame uh, at the beginning that I just was not gonna gonna fall for them. And weirdly now I, I love rooting for the Nats and I was so happy to see them win because my, my family's Nats fans. But or the Nats just were not doing it for me. The Orioles were not. I don't have any Baltimore family, so that wasn't doing it for me. I had no interest in going just becoming a Yankees fan or Red Sox fan or, or Cubs fan like a lot of people on the East Coast just kinda end up doing. Um and so I loved baseball as a kid. You know, Sammy Sosa was my favorite player, but like then like between ages, you know, ten to 14-ish, like, honestly, I was more of a basketball fan. And then in high school, as I started to kind of get back to baseball, just all baseball all the time, I was just, as you are, as we all are, extremely online and just reading a ton of baseball blogs. And I was on lookout landing a lot. And Felix Hernandez was my favorite pitcher. Um, And so, you know, that was one thing. If if we are pointing to one player or individual that drew me to them, uh, it was Felix for sure. And I also was, you know, intrigued by this team that had this amazing one pitcher, this amazing one thing and just total dysfunction around it. And fortunately, uh, Jeff Sullivan was around writing about it. (laughs) And so I basically was just reading him recap this terrible team uh, every day in 2011 uh, to 10, 11, 12. And I was like, damn, like I want to start watching. So I actually know what the hell he's talking about. Um, And the good people of Look at Landing and, and just that that community that has obviously grown and and, you know, people have left, people have come back, people have left. So it's like, obviously, I'm still uh, somewhat, uh, you know, tied and, and, and follow this this Look Atlanta community. And that's really, really how it started. And, and you know, the Felix Perfect game was was a big, you know, moment early in that. And then once I went to school, it was just like, all right, yeah, this is, uh, or even, you know, by the end of high school, it's like, yeah, this is this is kind of my team. And it was kind of fun and weird to jump in at the bottom. Not, I mean, there have been many bottoms, obviously, <laughs> over over the last, or over this uh, this century so far since 2001. But uh, it, it's that's basically the, the, the 
the origin story of how I kind of got in with the team, uh, despite having no uh, no ties geographically. That's super funny because not the like following it because Jeff was a good writer. I think everyone knows that, but the idea of you reading it and you being like, "Oh my God, I gotta learn more about this Trayvon Robinson guy." Like, I gotta watch. I gotta experience this. Like, that's not I feel like normal right. sports fans behavior where it's like a guy is writing about how bad a team is, and you're like, "Well, I need to fucking get on that as soon as possible." Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's definitely fair the Phillies were great and like you have a lot of teams that would have been way more fun to watch on a daily basis but you're like I want and being on the east coast too you're up until like two in the morning just watching I don't know David Ardsma try to close a game is that is that what the timeline is is that kind of what does that line up like year wise Ardsma and sort of all those was there like a who was in the bullpen at that time was Brandon League I guess comes later right so League League at the end and I have a I have a Brandon League uh, jersey uh, still Fuck yeah um so uh you know that that that, that that's a good but, but you mentioned like oh well you would think like oh you're on the east coast like that sucks like you have to but like that was actually a huge part of it because it was like i was just like up watching baseball and i loved that they were the team that was always on they were the last team i was watching it was like because i wanted to because once i was getting mlb tv in high school it was like well i want to watch baseball at night and then they're the team that's still on so like I have all these weird memories, especially when they go to extra innings. I'm like staying up till three watching them like lose to the Tigers. Like I have like very vivid memories of them like losing at 3 a.m. and me being like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I watching this stupid team for no reason that's already been mathematically eliminated? But like I can't, you know, I can't look away. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of how how that that lines up. So in, in some ways you'd think it would be a deterrent, but I guess in, in a weird way it ended up attracting me uh, to the team even more. Yeah, and I mean, everyone who's listening to this knows that, like, there are things to still, like, love when you're a Mariners fan and they're so bad, especially in that era where it was, like, I guess 2010 mainly where it's, like, there was the hype and you're, like, oh, my God, I need to I need to be here in case this actually breaks right. And then when it goes so poorly, it's almost like watching, like, I don't know, absurdist art where, like, I didn't think it could be this bad, but it is. And now, like, I'm, I'm almost perversely interested in it. Like, that was a big thing for me, I remember, that year, is as soon as I realized that the whole experiment wasn't going to work, I was, like... A, I need to watch Cliff Lee every time because I don't think he's going to be here very long. And then B, like, what the hell? Like, I was, like, trying to figure it out from an analytical right. standpoint almost. Like, how did this happen? How is Figgins this bad? Like, how is nothing – like, how do we have one hitter in each year <laughs> and everyone else can't hit their way out of a paper bag? Like, it almost seemed hard to fathom when you look at it because on paper it was the same team that they – at the beginning of the year, which like, oh, this team is projected to be good. And then in May and June, you're like, oh, these are the same guys. They were just never good. Like, they fooled everyone into thinking that they could maybe sneak into the playoffs, and they were just the complete opposite of that. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, looking back at this team and looking back at that season, I'd say 10. I, I, w- I was definitely not in by 10. So, like, I know 10 was a very, as you just described, a very kind of traumatic season in that sense. I'd say 11, like, we get Carlos Peguero showing up, you know, a lot of Miguel Olivo, like, me starting to think, like, okay, Smoke, maybe, maybe Justin Smoke. Like, that's that. 11, I would say, is the year I really started paying attention. So I missed the the trauma of, of 2010 with the expectations. Because by 11, I feel like we knew they were trash. So yeah. I, <laughs> there was less uh, expectations going into that season, uh, if no, I recall. You're truly one of us, because I think every Mariners fan has been there where it's like you're watching a bad team and you're like, 
you have the guy like, well, if, if this Casper Wells kid pans out, he might have something, you know? And then it just becomes a different person every year. Like, oh, if this Nick Franklin guy, if this Chris Taylor guy. And it's just right. like, you're talking yourself into something that clearly isn't there. Meanwhile, like, other teams are like, hmm, which superstar should we add this offseason? Like, how do we spend our $400 million payroll or whatever? Like, it's such a different kind of fandom that I think really is unique to the Mariners. Not only because they've been bad for so long, like, you know, other, like the Browns and the Knicks and the Jets have had that, but the Mariners doing it, I think, kind of in obscurity. Like, no one really thinks mm-hmm. about the Mariners if you're not a Mariners exactly. fan. So that, I think right. that makes it a little more, like, hipstery is the easiest way to describe it, but that feels kind of reductive. Or it's just, like, you wear it on your sleeve as, like, a badge of honor knowing that, like, you almost are enduring something that a lot of people wouldn't be able to in a, in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, and that's what's, like, strange for me to think about because, like, on one hand... Like, I, there's no, I'm not asking for credit in any sort of sense for any reason, but it's weird because on one hand, I feel sometimes fraudulent because it's like, I don't, I didn't care in 2000, like back in 01, I don't have, and everyone assumes like, oh, Griffey, like, of course I loved Griffey when I was a kid who didn't like Ichiro, of course I did, but that wasn't why I wasn't from Seattle, right? And I haven't endured this whole postseason, you know, drought since 2001. It's, it's been, I mean, I've, you know, endured now nine years it's not 19 but like it's 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 weird for me because on one hand it's like oh why well, I, I didn't i wasn't I, i'm not but i also picked it which is stupid but then it's like well i it is like all well, you said like one of us um and then the other point that i would make is is like you said you could refer to it as hipstery and i of course that's that's a i think there are some other maybe small market things that might saw small market teams that could say the same thing but i do think that there is an element of, of community and especially here at look Landing. i'm not just plugging the freaking website but it's true where it, it is a, a, just a fun group of people that is all kind of going through this dumb thing together um i'm sure you could say that about any franchise but in these weird specific you know casper wells pipe dreams or like looking at blake bevin and hope he doesn't like allow 17 more home runs in his next start <laughs> like that's you know <laughs> those are those are very specific and silly things that everyone's kind of dealing with together and and i think the way that that the Mariners fan community uh, experiences and expresses those feelings is, has always been very funny and and fun to me, um, and so it's it's definitely kept me around uh, in a long in in a special way. <laughs> yeah, when there's also something very specific about like working this all out online because I was the same way. I mean, we're roughly the same age, so like we're kind of getting the internet and we're getting our first social media accounts like around the same time and like. I mean, at that age, like, I didn't have any other thing to post besides just, like, my thoughts about sports. So I remember there was one time where I literally just posted on Facebook in, like, 10th grade. Uh, just the status was just straight up, fuck you, Brandon League. And my grandma was like, who is Brandon League? Like, she thought he was a kid at school, and I was, like, being mean to him. I was like, oh, no, grandma, he just he blew a save. It's oh, fine. Man. Like, I apologize for my language, but this is not me, like, bullying some kid. This is me being mad about the Mariners. And that's also kind of what taught me, like, okay, don't put every thought online. Don't, like, attack <laughs> players. If Brandon League is listening, I don't actually hate you. You're probably a great right. person. It was just, I mean, when you're 15 and you're, like, you're making time in your 15-year-old life to watch the Mariners, like, that's just such an aggro age, you know, where I was like, I gotta let people know that I hate Brandon League. And then I'm sure, like, were you, <laughs> totally. were you commenting on Lookout Landing at all, or were you just reading the site? Oh, I was just reading. I, I've okay. never at any point, and hopefully never, will be any sort of comment. And that, that weirdly, that, that I guess that just didn't appeal to me. Um, I was definitely tweeting before the barbecue even existed, or retweeting yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, 
don't worry, that account is long gone. So don't don't you don't even need to go dig up those bad tweets. But it's the same oh, thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, Brandon League, like like excited about like Carter Caps, right? Like I was so excited about Carter Caps. Um, so it's like stuff like that that it was so on Twitter. But no, I I, I never really um, kind of dipped my toe into the actual commenting uh, community because um, who who knows how that would have uh, changed things. But but yeah, I mean, but I was I was thinking in, along the same lines. I would say. Yeah, and you're smarter than I am because I this account that I use on Twitter is the exact same one that I've had since junior year of high school, and I've done the like searches to just make sure there wasn't anything like horrible but there is a lot of just mariners takes where i'm like why why matthew why did you want to post that because so many of them now are just so out of context it'll just be like oh my god hashtag mariners or something and it's like that's not a it's not a good tweet and like no one is gonna like read that right. like, oh yeah who is that for point. good job wonderful <laughs> analysis you know but when you're at that age and you just have like the internet felt so powerful and twitter especially where you could just fire off any thought that you had that i was i was Absolutely. totally caught up in that and for the probably for the worst, but like I said, there's nothing that's actually that bad. My well, favorite one that I found because I just yeah. typed like my username and Mariners into Twitter, and it was I guess it might have been like 2012, 2011. It was uh, the Rangers had signed uh, Prince Fielder, the Angels had signed Hamilton, and the A's had signed Cespedes, and then I was like, and the Mariners got Kevin Millwood. Let's go, baby! And I was like trying <laughs> oh, to hype myself God. up for what was going to be another horrible season in the AL West, not even knowing that it would get worse when the Astros showed up. So I kind of missed the <laughs> right. fortune AL West in hindsight. Right, that's so true. That's so true. I remember being like, oh, man, like, you know, the Rangers, you know, made the World Series, and you got the Angels are, like, signing all these dudes, and then, like, the Astros were running. It was like, oh, well, the Astros, they suck. And it's like, oh, well, no. And here they are. So, yeah, yeah it's – uh, that's a good – that's a that's a great way to put it. Man, yeah, this 2012 team really is uh, is, is bringing back some, some not so not so happy times. No, this but is hey, perfect. you know, you've, yeah. you've mentioned a lot of names, but I want to ask you, like, who was your favorite guy who like just straight up wasn't good? Like a guy that you just latched oh. onto, knowing that he was like never really gonna be anything, for lack of a better term. I mentioned it before. I loved Pagero. I was all in on on Carlos Pagero. He was he was a delight uh, to watch swing uh, out of his butt. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, of course, you know, you know, Kawasaki is, is an easy answer there. Uh, but, but like all the pitchers were just, oh, they were they were just terrible. I mean, I, I really believe in Carter Caps, and he was good there for a second. Um, so it's hard to that was just injuries and his weird, you know, maybe illegal delivery. Um, right. But early on, I'm trying to think of other guys like moving to the 13 team. I don't know. I, it's it's tough to say. Wow, I forgot Andy Chavez came back. That is an amazing thing that happened. Andy <laughs> Chavez um, had some moments. He was good uh, on the 13 team. Yeah. I know. He did, right? He had a few, like, huge hits somehow. Yeah. I love Pagero too. Pagero I think, is kind of a common thread in this, like, weird little internet community we have. Because we have to do that. Like, every, everyone loves Felix and Ichiro, like you said. But I think it tells you a lot about a person by, like, the pers- the player that they decided was just their guy. Like, Pagero was just so fun, like you said, because he swung so freaking hard that you were like, even if he doesn't ever make contact, I'm going to love watching him just do the act exactly. of swinging, you know? And same with Caps. Oh, yeah. Delivery. Like, that's the, the, the guy. Right, the guys that are swinging and missing and are still entertaining, like that's a huge victory as far as entertaining baseball players go. So, um, and then I, I have to also shout out. I mean, I mentioned Caps, 
And there's been, you know, there's been a parade of horrible relievers. But when Yoervis Medina was on, I was a, I was a big fan. <laughs> Me too. I still remember the curveball he threw to Alexi Ramirez, where he turned his legs into Jello. That was a great day. Yes. I loved every moment of that. Really, his whole experience, like was... the whole Yoervis Medina thing, was great. He played Funky Cold Medina as his intro music, which I thought was great. Like he really seemed to understand his role on the team, and he did it to perfection, in my opinion. Absolutely. Also, uh, yeah, I want to, now that we're just on this kind of memory path, James Jones and Carson Smith for, for a little bit of, like, later era, like 14, 15, I guess. Those are my guys. Totally. James Jones especially, because he had a couple moments where I was like, this is our leadoff hitter that we've been looking for. Like, this could actually be a piece. And I also feel like they kind of gave up on him a little early, but that's probably just my bias. Um, I thought he was a joy to watch. And 99, obviously, very fun number. Um, I remember him mm-hmm. crashing into the wall in Chicago to make a catch for Felix and being like, this guy is going to put his body on the line, blah, blah, blah. Like all the things that you would like if you were rooting for a good team, you know, where you're like, this is this is the intangibles, this is what we need. And you're like talking yourself into this guy being the missing piece instead of like the guy who will bring you from maybe 74 wins to 75, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, he, uh, he was great. I remember... Um, when and I guess this is kind of jumping ahead because I I've only been uh, out to Seattle once uh, and it wasn't 15 um, and uh, and I we, we was out there at the end of our road trip and we, we went to Tacoma too and we interviewed James Jones and he was a great a great guy crazy background too he played he grew up playing high school baseball in New York City which is an insane endeavor uh, for anyone that understands what high school baseball in New York City is like, where you're basically playing in public parks and hoping you're not going to like run into a, you know, like a men's soccer game. Yeah. Um, so that's where James Jones kind of came from. Uh, so he was he's great. And now he's pitching. Now he's pitching. He was pitching in the in the Dominican Winter League uh, yeah. last month. And, and now he's I think he's back with the Rangers. Um, so I don't know if he's made it to the big leagues as a pitcher yet, but he's throwing like upper 90s from the left side. So. That'll that'll play even uh, even if you're not very good or you used to be an outfielder. <laughs> right. That's yeah. That's incredible. I'm totally rooting for him. And I feel like that might also be like a, a something to explore here is like when players leave the Mariners. Like I root for them wholeheartedly. Like I don't think that other fan bases have that as much where it's like because mm-hmm. like you said they're not. It doesn't feel like they're competing against us when they leave. It almost feels yep. like they're graduating. You know where it's like oh good for them. Like they did it. They. They got through the Mariners part, and now, like when Mike Montgomery made the last out of the World Series, that was like the closest I felt to the Mariners being in the playoffs. You know, and that's like not a joke at all. I was so invested in that. No, that's that's a great example. Although I will say the one, um, I mean, I I I like ninety nine percent agree with that sentiment, um, and I generally root for them. However, I will say um, when I was at the two thousand seventeen All Star Game. And Justin Smoke was there, and I had to look at Justin Smoke sitting at his little all-star podium. I was like, what? It was very, very uncomfortable. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. it, it It was almost, and it was funny too, because I was like, it was during the interview portion, and Ryan Divish was also there. And I was like, I saw him from a distance, like walking up and talking to Smoke, and I was like, with the, you know, the little Blue Jays logo next to his name, and I was just like, where did... Where did this all go wrong? I, I rooted for you so hard, man. Well, why why did this have to be with the Blue Jays? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, the sentiment is the same. I was very happy for him too. It was just kind of a surreal, bizarre thing to see. 
Oh, yeah. Surreal, I think, is the perfect word to describe it because it's gotten to the point now where, like, that exact thing has become too common. Where it's like, that's like, statistically speaking, it shouldn't always be the case where people leave the Mariners and then go on to great success. And maybe that is also just our perception of it as Mariners fans. But it does feel like that's just, like, every single time almost. Like, even going back to, like, Carlos Guillen was, like, the nine-hitter on the 0-1 team, and then he became an all-star and started hitting home runs. That was when I was like, what? Like, I was very young at that time, but I remember having the thought, like, oh, maybe the Mariners are the problem. And that probably started me down, like, this sort of path that we're on now where it's like, oh, the Mariners are going to be in my life. I'm going to care about them hardcore, but they're going to lose. They're going to be worse than the other teams. And that's just life. Like, I think Carlos Guillen might have been my gateway drug to the Mariners just never actually fulfilling my my hopes and dreams. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's some level of that that every every team thinks, oh, you know, they leave the Mets and they become good or whatever. But but it is true, too, like you're kind of numb to it. And I think the best example of that, honestly, is probably Cattell Marte at this point, because like I, I, you know, the trade still, I think, looks maybe fine for the most part. I mean, you, you know, this is Segura, the Haniger, you know, he lost his whatever. We're not going to go down that road. But the point is, it's like, holy shit, the dude was a <laughs> MVP candidate. Like, what in the world? How did that happen? But I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's just what happens. But like, I'm not, I, I guess I should be more mad. I should be more happy. Should I be, I don't know. So maybe it is that it happens so often now that it's like, okay, yeah, that's just part of, part of how this works. Yeah, it's like, you know, the whole stages of grief thing. I'm totally at the acceptance point with every single player who decides that they're just going to show out when they leave the Mariners. Like Chris Taylor was the same way. Seeing him in the World Series, like being, I think he won NLCS MVP Oh my too. God. Like he was balling. And I was like, this yes, is he fun. did. Yes, he did. I was like, this is fine. This is exactly what's supposed yes, to happen. It wasn't even like I was happy for him or I was upset with him. I was like, yeah, obviously. Like, you know, sun came up today and it'll set at the end of the day. Like, Chris Taylor will hit four home runs in the World Series. This is our life. And I just became totally, like, I, numb is a good word and, like, totally just, I don't know, nonplussed by it, really, where it's like this is what being a Mariners fan is. It's, like, not even really heartbreak at this point. It's more of just, like, I don't know. It's very similar to just the life's in Seattle too where it's like it's gonna rain you're gonna have to kind of trudge through the shittiness but you know one day maybe if you're lucky things will break right like that seems to be the real theme of Mariner fandom where you don't really have a clear vision of the end but you can just kind of think that it'll be there and in the meantime just I guess feel the rain on your skin to quote Natasha Bedingfield you know I don't know how we got there oh that's no, I mean I was listening to Natasha recently, so you're you're on the same we're on the same page there. Uh, but I would say that that and maybe I don't know we can move into you know current Mariners and looking yeah. ahead. But like it is an interesting contrast because you say uh, or you know we were referring before it's like you're thinking like oh if this breaks right if Casper Wells you know puts up an 800 OPS like maybe they'll be like an 86 win team right like but now we look at this team and, and sure. Um, in the past, there have been, you know, Mariners, you know, top elite farm systems with the Ackleys and the Smokes and the and the whatevers of the world, Montero. Um, but this crop now, it feels like there's more, it's less of us being like, hey, maybe it'll go well. And there being like now national ex- expectation that like, hey, they are kind of building something here. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm still kind of working through how I feel about that and whether that makes me more excited, more confident, or more, more worried that it's going to suck 
if they still suck and it doesn't work because then this time there's more expectations where it feels like with Montero and Smoke and Ackley, it's like, yeah, but no one was that excited about that. Like, it was just like, great, if they're good, they're good, but it's not the same hype as, as this current crop, uh, I would say, especially as we start to see, you know, the prospect rankings coming out and we could be seeing, you know, five, four, five, six Mariners on top 100 lists and guys in the top 20. Um, and these are, you know, athletic, fun, young dudes uh, it's it's just a slightly different feeling. So I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited, but it's also like a slightly different thing than the last kind of wave of like hopeful next stars, I guess. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think the main difference now is, I mean, the national thing is huge where like other outlets and like people outside of Seattle are getting excited. But to me also the main difference feels like they are doing it in like a purposeful way. I guess part of this is also like we're older and we understand baseball a little more. But like, and I know people just totally like disagree with this. Totally also, true. But like, I see the plan. Like to me, there is at least a plan. Whereas, I don't know. Like in the past, maybe just like this is again just probably the the benefit of growing older. But like, I just feel like they drafted Ackley because he wasn't Strasburg. Like that was what they were supposed to do. And then they kind of just let him do whatever. Like, I feel like there wasn't maybe a whole lot of development. Does that make sense? Like they just kind of let Dustin Ackley be Dustin Ackley. And then when he wasn't as good as they thought he was going to be, they kind of just threw their hands up. Now I at least feel like, and like, again, this is because I know more, I'm kind of familiar with what they're doing behind the scenes and on the minor league level, but it does feel like they're at least like teaching guys. They have like an organizational philosophy. The guys seem to be friends. Like, I feel like they're drafting guys who they know will mesh well together. Like, I mean, again, this is totally me just being wishful and also just like following the team closer than I ever have. But I think that's the main difference where it's like, I can look at this team kind of do the like back of the napkin like positional thing and be like oh there's a guy at like seven of the nine positions blah 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 but also think like oh and they're like on the same path like they seem to be you know they're buying in like you see actual prospects being excited to be on the Mariners that is a wild feeling and I don't know like as a fan it's hard not to for me at least it's hard not to get swept up in like the the possibility of it all because that's also all we really have which is why I'm kind of hesitant to like get into the whole conversation of like well they have to like prove it to me before i actually buy in it's like i want to do the opposite thing where it's like i'll buy in oh. and if they prove it to me then that's just gravy but like i want to totally. see them succeed rather than being like hoping that they not hoping but like expecting them to sort of fall on their face because that's just so defeatist you know and that's like the most tiring trope in mariners fandom i think oh and for sure and like weirdly like i feel like <laughs> Not to go too broad here, but in life and in the world, um, especially in, in contrast with with my my good friend Jake Mintz, um, I'm the, the the pessimist, the realist, the guy who's like, no, that's a stupid idea. Like, that's going to get us arrested. That's like, <laughs> let's not do that. Right. Like, I basically channel all of my positive energy into being a Mariners fan. Like everything else, I'm like, you know, I'm the guy who's, you know, sometimes being more reserved or trying to slow stuff down. And so like, this is where it's like, you know, screw it. Like, let's go crazy. Let's say that Kyle Lewis is going to hit 50 homers next year. Like, like, of course it's not going to, but it's why, why start from a dark place? And maybe that's because I have only nine years of watching the team be annoying instead of 19 or 29 or 39. Right. You know, maybe that's the difference or maybe it's just the difference in how we think about it or how I view baseball or how my job has impacted the way I view baseball. Um, but like, like you said, like I, it's, it, I'd rather just 
kind of get my hopes up and like if it works like awesome then it's then it's it's fun it's it's happening it's what we wanted you know um and so that that part is 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 exciting and 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 it's it's cool to kind of watch watch the plan and like you said i agree there is a plan now like i like i say like and and i mean depoto says this all the time like time will tell and also like they, they just have to be right about these players you know it is about development too but like all these guys that they acquire like they have to be right about them it all looks good on the prospect rankings and stuff right like it all looks good when you trade for jerry kelnick it looks good when you you know draft george kirby or draft logan gilbert or you get kyle lewis and with the 11th pick like that all looks good but like you have to be right you know and so that's that's what we'll see we'll see what happens um because the plan looks like it makes sense but it's just a matter of evaluation i think we forget about that a lot in a lot of baseball analysis it's like we just decide especially when we're like grading trades or grading drafts as we look at it and we'll be like that's bad because this is what we know about them now but it's like well obviously they didn't trade for him because they thought about him the way that you thought about them like you know like sure. the Mariners traded for justin sheffield because they thought he could be a starter and maybe he will be but if he's not then they're wrong and the people People that, that it was a bad trade, then they were right. Like that's just how it works out sometimes. So I think that's the thing that we in general sometimes fall into with baseball analysis, and we just have to kind of wait and see what happens. Like because when we completely destroy trades because they didn't do what we think is right, like they just have a different evaluation. That's their job, and we have our right to you know lambast it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important to remember, and this goes into real life too. It's like if people make a mistake or they do something wrong or they just have a something like something that they believe in that they end up just being wrong about that doesn't mean that they're stupid like people can should be allowed to make mistakes and like move on with their lives like everyone has made mistakes we're just not doing it as publicly as you know baseball general managers so it's like yeah obviously not like no general manager ever has had every move work but that doesn't mean that like the ones who fuck up a trade are just garbage like it's fine to have I guess moments where you don't succeed and like if you're trying to follow the Mariners and be positive and like you also have that belief of like they can't be wrong at all then you're literally never gonna be happy and I've been like kind of I'm hesitant to like tell people what to do obviously like that was one of my my fears when we started this whole series is like I don't want it to be preachy I don't want to tell people how to be a fan of the Mariners especially because there are people like you said who have followed the team for the entire existence of the Mariners and they like have a right to you know, do whatever they want when it comes to supporting the team. But like, you have to at least try, right? Like there's no sense in just expecting the worst every year. And then when that does come to be like, oh, looks like I was right. And Jerry DePoto was wrong. Like, that's just not a healthy way to do your life. And in real life too, it's like you, if you're feel like you're constantly getting beat down or wronged and then you start to like talk yourself into that belief like you're never gonna get out of it right like you have to at least try to make the effort i guess to like to think positively i know that sounds like hippie mumbo jumbo sometimes but like it's all we can really do because we have no control over this so like we're watching the game and we think one thing about a player and jerry depoto thinks the other it doesn't mean either of us are stupid it just means that that's how life works you know what i mean like it's okay to have differing opinions i guess is my my thesis here and like someone will be wrong but that's life you know you can't always nothing is ever that cut and dry i guess so that's that's sort of my only soapbox yeah Yeah, no totally totally agree and like but like you said like i don't want to come up why again like i said before who am i to tell mariners fans how the hell they should be and and i get it i totally get it this year like when this is really you know, and, and I guess you could sort of say this about last year, except this year, you know, going in with far fewer veterans, 
who are supposedly helping to win like this year like yeah they're actively trying to not to to not I, you could say trying to not win or not focusing on winning this season and so why should you go to the games or why should you watch the games or why should you listen to the games or why should you you know pay right. attention and follow and and buy stuff like and I that's fine I get that right like I'm the lunatic that's that what that doesn't that lives on the east coast and probably watches you know 92 percent of Mariners games like I'm but that's me right that so if you want to tune out the season because they're probably going to finish in last place yeah that's great that, of course I, I totally get that um but I do think that at least that this could be you know a last place team that has the the pieces for the next you know first place team um, and hopefully we're, 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 we're looking at that. Uh, but, but like I said, I mean, who knows, you know, we'll see some, some of the trades look great. And I said this the last time I was on this podcast, when we've talked about like, like J- Jerry's made so many moves that there's, it's so hard to, to judge. I mean, he's, it's literally, he's like done one whole tear down and then one whole rebuild. And there's so many trades that he's, that have gone terrifically. And so many that have gone terribly that it's like, wh- where do you end up? And, you know, I think these next, you know, 18 months or so will really determine where they've ended up. Uh, but it is very hard to just judge uh, overall because it's it's still such a mess and, and so fluid. Yeah. And I guess for me, like, I would just rather be wrong and be pleasantly surprised than be right and, like, validate my own pessimism. That just doesn't seem exactly. fun, you know? Right. Like, What's, what is that? Like, great. Oh, I was so right. They suck. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> are you happy about that? Like, that... Yeah, yeah. because I think it is easy, especially as a Mariners fan, to lose sight of the whole, like, the idea of following sports is to enjoy it, right? Like, it does, and obviously winning is way more fun than losing, but at the end of the day, like, if you can't find a way to just be happy with the team, then it's like, okay, what should I maybe do differently? Like, I feel like that's another thing about fandom is people can get so stubborn about it and, like, you know, get so stuck in their ways that they never change. And then with the Mariners, that'll just lead you down the worst possible path ever because there's nothing really positive for the last 19 years. So, like, if you're just wallowing in that and not really, like, looking for reasons to get excited, then you're never going to find them. Like, obviously, we can all sit here and think about the bad things that have happened and even the good things that have happened sort of leading to bad things like Robinson Cano Mm -hmm. that whole era was great but it never led to anything but like why would you focus on that when instead you could be like oh my god we have four or five years of Robinson Cano highlights I could watch or five years of memory like those were the best times in my Mariner life because I was a little too young for 2000 and 2001 like the Cano era I thought was a lot of fucking fun and like I know people totally say that it was all for nothing blah 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 whatever but like no but that's not that's not true and like they had like those two years where they were eliminated in the last weekend of the season like yeah it sucks they didn't make the playoffs but like I was I was into it for the entire season like that was cool like sure that club was not sustainable it was not like a well-built you know modern progressive great team but it was like holy shit like I cared on the last weekend of the season like that's pretty good um and so, so yeah, Cano and, and oh man, like when he signed, like it was, it was so surreal. Like that, it's not trying to rehash the actual, you know, move from the front office standpoint, but just like the fact that suddenly Robinson Cano was on the team was, was insane. Like, it was, and so I, like you said, like, I'm also very thankful uh, for those five years uh, and even more thankful for, uh, you know, uh, that the next five years is not there. 
Yeah, and there's different ways to like to be happy. Like we can be happy with the huge free agent who's on our team, and then we can also right. be happy with the kids that we got in the trade for him. Like obviously, yeah. we would have loved to make the playoffs and then do the trade. Like I'll, everyone can agree with that, obviously. But it doesn't mean that it was a failure by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. And for me, and for you, and for lots of people listening who are around our age or got into the Mariners at a similar time, like that was the team. Like Robinson Cano signing with the Mariners was everything. You know what I mean? Like that was the whole reason to get excited again because now we had someone else. Like it used to literally just be we had one pitcher and one hitter. Like at every point I'd say post oh three, it was like we have a guy who I like watching pitch and we have Ichiro. And then Ichiro was gone and like, oh God, this is horrible. And that was kind of the wasteland we were talking about where of course you start following the team in that little pocket where it's like right, post right. Ichiro pre Kano. That was just like not fun for anyone, you know? Like we didn't even have the the fun kids. It was just we're losing and there's no there's no sign out of it. And that's where I can understand oh, yeah. people. That's where I can understand people being like, oh, this is the time to to go full pessimism or even like full nihilism. But then when Cano shows up, it's like, if you can't get excited about that, then maybe like baseball just isn't for you. I know that sounds harsh, but like that's, if that didn't do something to your spirit, or if you were the guy who was like, well, he's a great player, but he's, you know, what's your nine going to look like? It's like, that's nine years from now, buddy. <laughs> like we'll be fine. You know? Right. No one is signing anyone to the tenure contract for years five through ten or eight through ten. Like that's not that's not the point. That's not why they signed him. That's not why they. That's 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 how you get him there. You give him the tenth year so that you get him there for the first year. That's not. That's just kind of how baseball works. Right. Um, you have to give them so a yeah, reason to I, sign. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. And, and also. Um, yeah, Cano, like you said, like me kind of hopping in when the offense was just at its most putrid um, was to then to get Cano was like just it was like 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 we said from the top, like it was like watching someone from another sport. It was like, oh, my God, this is this is incredible. Like, I don't even care if he leads to wins like I'm now get to watch Robinson Cano every day. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. And, and of course, Felix has been that constant uh, throughout um, but, uh, but, but a hitter is, is a different kind of thing. Uh, it's not, maybe not, it doesn't give you the peaks of the pitcher. Um, but just having, being able to watch Cano every, every day for six months is, 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 a, is an absolute treat. Uh, so I'm, I, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Every, the everyday thing is, is such a strong point because like you, I mean, the offense being so horrible is like just so exhausting after a while. And you understand that like, well, this guy just is our right or like right field is a bad example like this guy is our first baseman he's going to be our first baseman tomorrow like I don't see any way that this gets better but then when you get Cano it's like oh then we can go out like Nelson Cruz wants to come now and then we get Segura like there's a lot of things that that can lead to also that go beyond just we gave him 240 million dollars it's like that money can actually like be sort of useful in other ways where it's like a recruiting tool like you have Cano and obviously there's a dollar sign attached to him but having Cano means you have so much more freedom to do other things and to have at least just joy in the lineup every day like you can't put a price on that and that's why I was so excited when it happened even though I knew as you probably did too that like oh on paper this doesn't make a whole lot of sense like I am scared about this contract but if they make the playoffs next year I'll forget all about that immediately you know Mm mm-hmm yeah, no, absolutely. And and like you said, like you could look back and be like, oh, it wasn't worth it. Like he, it was a disaster. Like, 
I mean, honestly, like, yeah, it's not that it's never worth it to look back and be like, okay, how did we get here? Or, you know, why should I trust, you know, this when this happened in the past? But it's like, I'm like, I'm a Mariners fan, right? Like you're a Mariners fan. Like you're, that's, that's what you've decided to be. That's what you were maybe born into. Like you're going to still be that probably, hopefully next year or the year after that. Like, let's look forward. Like, let's like, you're going to keep doing it. Right. So, so instead of looking back and sulking, like, can't we look forward? But again, I don't want to keep falling into telling people how to be Mariners fans. I'm just describing how I kind of view it and how I kind of stay optimistic. And it's like, it's more fun. Like I, even when they, even when they suck, even when they're finishing in last, like watching, you know, Vogie do crazy shit, like watching, like just watching shed come up and kill it. Like, I don't care how many games out they are like it's still a cool player on my favorite team and like that's still worth so much like that's so simply why i'm a baseball fan and and which brings me to you know one grander point which i i post to you uh which is this is not me saying like okay they've they're building this 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 juggernaut or anything but like have you ever thought about like what the hell it would actually be like to have them in a postseason game. Like, I'm sure you guys have this conversation all the time. But, like, when I was going through it this postseason with the Nationals run, because, you know, my, my, my little brother is a huge Nats fan, and so I was pulling so hard for them the whole time, and I was freaking out. Like, I was so nervous all the way through. Not even a fan of them, right? And so I can't even... I cannot even begin to imagine what it feels like to to root, and I, I can think back to the, those games at the end of of the of, of the seasons where they you know where they just missed out, and I was you know that was pretty nerve wracking too, and it, and it sucked when it ended. But like, it's just I it can't I I can't even fathom it. I cannot even fathom what that would even feel like. Do you ever think yeah, about that? I do think about it quite often, and I guess part of it too is also um, this probably doesn't apply to you, but I'm sure the listeners will relate. Uh, like the Seahawks are in the playoffs every year, and like I am a Seahawks fan, not to this nearly the same extent that I'm a Mariners fan, but them being in the playoffs, and also now, like not to get too specific, but like the way that the Seahawks play now, where they are behind at halftime in every single game, and then decide, oh, we should start trying now. Like that is horrible. <laughs> it's so bad for my health and like my well-being right. in a way that I'm totally worried about for the Mariners. Like I've. I've come to the conclusion, and this sucks, but it's true, that if the Mariners were to make the playoffs, and if like if I'm watching a Mariners playoff game and they are going to lose, I would rather them lose ten nothing than one to nothing. Like no question in my mind, just because that would be such a more chill experience. And I know there's probably people screaming at me right now, but, like that's you know not a good way to approach fandom. But like I truly do think that if I had to sit through like every single pitch of a Mariners playoff game and like agonize over it and like start thinking about everything that could happen rather than just like oh they're down five nothing in the third inning we probably lost like I don't know that seems to me like a more preferable outcome and like obviously the best one would be them winning the playoff game but like if in some crazy world I had like a genie come up to me and was like hey the Mariners lose this game would you rather have it be one nothing or ten nothing I would pick ten nothing every time did you like how do you feel about that idea See, that's that's tough. I think I agree with you, but like but like you don't want to have that feeling of like because it's terrible, right? You don't want to go home and just be miserable for the next 3 weeks because then you're thinking like, "Oh my god, like what if that pitch? What if that pitch?" versus like, you know, being in in the playoffs. See, here's here's the other thing. Oh, this this actually brings me back to my my original point that I was trying to make about this, which is that like you think about being in the playoff game like literally 
what I want is just to see them celebrate clinching the postseason, right? Like, see a freaking champagne shower just in the regular season. Like, see all my favorite players, you know, celebrating that they're in the playoff. Like, that alone sounds amazing, you know? Like, forget actually even playing in the game. Just, like, at the end of the year when I get to watch all these teams, you know, celebrate making the postseason after, after you know, 162 games. Like, that is so cool and such a big part of it because baseball's so freaking hard. And, you know, there are only so many teams that make it. And so, uh, you know, that that's that's really what I'm thinking about. The actual game, I mean, sure, cool, 10 nothing, one nothing, whatever. I'm not even thinking that far. I just want to see them, you know, pop some bubbly and, and have a good time in, in September. <laughs> is that's that crazy? True, actually, that is true. <laughs> When I do allow myself to fantasize, as I'm sure a lot of people have, like the thing that I dream about is that exact moment where they just make the playoffs. It's not them winning the World Series. You're right, because that's so that's so ludicrous. Like that that is so far away. That is so impossible and irresponsible to think about for any reason. So it's just right. It's just making the playoffs. Yeah. And I do think if they were able to do that at home, like that to me would be like enough for several years you know what i mean like they could do that Mm -hmm. they could clinch they could get swept in the playoffs they could lose 100 games the next two years and i think just the sheer power of seeing the mariners clinch at their home field would be amazing and the other thing not to bring it down a little bit but the last time that happened it was like post 9 11 so it was like a very somber celebration they brought a flag on the field so like even that 2001 run like it did feel like something like even like there, was, there wasn't the euphoria, I guess, that I'd be looking for, and that will definitely happen the next time they clinch the playoffs because it was like, oh, we have like a whole bigger issue here, which is another conversation, obviously. It's like not for a baseball podcast. But it is, it is the, the, the whole thing that I want is just that one night of the Mariners are the happiest people on earth, and I think that just making the playoffs would be more than enough for that, even if it's just a wild card. Like, I wouldn't care... Oh, the totally. That we take, you know. It, it, that's it, that's the thing. And this is like, oh, you really make this game? I'm like, dude, these team. If if you're making game, if you clinch, you're 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 celebrating the same as the team that won the division on September third. Like, it's the same celebration in September, right? Not to say it necessarily is the one when you win the CS, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's it's the same thing. It's like, does that really count? And then once you're actually there at that game, it's it's just just the notion of like, oh, nice. Like, I get to watch the team keep playing. <laughs> Right, like that—that that is also like a fun thing to think about. Um, so yeah, that it's it, it is incredible how how much it's like simplified, right? Because like it's it's so insane to think about the World Series. That's that's silly, right? And it's so ridiculous to think about, right? Like Dodgers fans or, or Astros fans, Red Sox fans, like that, that's literally the expectation. It's like, oh yeah, like we better we be at the CS. I mean, of course, right? Like the Dodgers seven straight division titles. Like, is that, yeah. it's it's absurd. It's it's you can't even you can't even fathom. So uh, like like we said to, to bring it full circle, it is it, we're playing different sports here, uh, but it will hopefully make it uh, all the more sweet when uh, when they finally do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think about that a lot actually. Like, there's being a Mariners fan, and then there's being a like Golden State Warriors fan or like a Real Madrid fan, and it's like, where mm-hmm. does the happiness come from at that point? Because if you're expected right. to win. The world's like if you're expected to win the championship and then you do that, I feel like that's got to be more 
relief or satisfaction than actual happiness, you know? And then Mm -hmm. if they lose, like if you're the Warriors and you lose to Cleveland or you're the Dodgers losing in the World Series every year, then it's like, Mm -hmm. well, shit, why why did I let myself get to this point even, like where I was expecting the best possible thing to happen and anything less than that is a disappointment. Like that Mm -hmm. is truly, we talk a lot about how being a Mariners fan is different, but like that thing I just described is like truly foreign to me. I cannot imagine... We're a World Series or bust mentality. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because those people seem uh, miserable more than they're not. Like it's, it's 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 such a so much pressure, and it's like it's cool, it's fun. You're you're obviously happier more than you're not because your team wins ninety six games, right? So you get to have all these good baseball players. So that that part seems fun, right? But then once you're getting towards the end, it's it seems miserable in a lot of senses. It does not seem fun. Um, yeah. So so yeah, we're we're looking for the simple things. We're looking for the very 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 first step uh, in this in this journey. That's all. That's all we ask for. It's a very very simple thing. Yeah, and then also when you get to the Dodgers point, it's like the regular season. I imagine as a fan would just feel like kind of like an obligation. Like let's get this shit over with. You know what I mean? And I don't want <laughs> right. that. Like I want to enjoy. Right. We get 162 of these a year. Like I know for some people that's like a major turnoff of baseball. Like for people who are kind of casual fans it's like why is this so long why do they Mm -hmm. do this every day but for me it's like if my team is good i want to watch them every day i don't want to be thinking about like i don't want it to be june thinking about like oh this you know this middle reliever is not going to work in october we got to think of a solution i'd rather (laughs) just be like yeah this guy's on the team let's hope he does okay today you know what i mean like why the, the thinking ahead part i think is dangerous in a lot of aspects of life, but for baseball, like you, you never know what's going to happen in October. And that's like the biggest cliche we have, but it's so true. So like, why would you, I don't know. It's easy to say this as a Mariners fan, but like, why would you be thinking about October when you have a great regular season team that you could watch every day and not be worried that it's all going to fall apart? Right. Okay. So right. let's end oh, with totally. this. And they, they have plenty, they have plenty to cheer for. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's end with this then. Um, you mentioned it's kind of a first step. This year is maybe a first step towards what we've been sort of hinting at the whole time, which is actual sustained success. So I have two questions for you, and you can answer this however you want. Um, the first one is, like, what things are you actually excited about, like tangible things that you're excited to watch with the Mariners this year? And then what are your, like, actual expectations for this team, both short-term and long term, because we all know that like this year is going to be bad. But I guess when do you think they actually start to to see the flower bloom a little bit? Right, I would say that the thing uh, that is a little bit worrisome, not to go too big into team building, is like it's always like, all right, this is the next step, and then you start tipping into free agency. It's not much in free agency next year. A little bit more the year after that, but it's silly to even be thinking about stuff that far ahead, especially with how extensions are going and you know labor peace. Uh, but but to, 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 to simplify it and to look at the, the current Mariners and, and think about uh, what is what is going on and, and what I'm excited about. Um, assuming that Kyle Lewis is going to be in the big leagues, because uh, it sounds like they're they're pretty committed to just sending him out there uh, from from day one, which which makes sense in a lot of ways, maybe a little bit less than others. I'm I'm excited to see the team. I mean, I watched a lot of Arkansas Travelers last year, um, and so to to <laughs> to see to have probably Evan White and Lewis just hopefully figuring it out together uh, as they have through the minor leagues uh, over the last few years um, is, 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 is exciting. It's a little bit scary, right? You don't want to see them fall on their face uh, in, in their, in their first go of it. Um, but I am excited about that. I, I've already talked about shed enough. I think he's uh, absolutely delightful. Um, and, and I am, I am also, 
uh, weirdly, weirdly optimistic about the young pitching and that one of them does actually click as a starter. And I'm honestly including Kikuchi in that group, as insane as that sounds, um, because it could not possibly be as bad as it was last season. Yeah. Uh, so just seeing where him and Sheffield and Dunn uh, kind of just 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 figure it out and just let him let him go out there. Because, like, look, Wade LeBlanc, Tommy Malone, God bless him. I'm so glad they've had long major league careers. I'm just – I have no – I'm I'm not interested in watching that, right? Like even knowing that like watching Justice Sheffield might make me angry and and upset, there's still more upside in seeing him succeed than seeing Tommy Malone like kind of bullshit his way through seven innings of one run ball. Like that that just does nothing for me. It's funny. It's like okay, cool, right? But it doesn't it is nothing for me. So having just more guys on the field where you're thinking long term is is exciting. Um, even if it doesn't isn't always pretty. In terms of my expectations for this team, I don't know. I mean, a lot of I, I was having some discussions. Uh, I've already had a lot of discussions off season about like, you know, logically they should be worse because all the v- veterans that were carrying them to start last season are are very much gone, and the pitching, certainly the bullpen, is not any more experienced or any better. It's probably worse. So, and you're relying on so many young players that could that could fall in their face and be bad, but. I don't know. I think they'll probably end up around where they were last year. Uh, Record-wise, it's hard for me to to say. I don't even – how many wins did they finish with last year? 72, 71? Honestly, couldn't tell you. I feel like that might be a little high, but I don't know. I really don't. (laughs) Am I I crazy? 68. 68. 68. So I I think – yeah, I think they're probably right in that range again. Um, I don't think they're they're the worst team in baseball, and I don't think they're – I don't even think they're one of the three worst teams in baseball, but you know, but, but who knows? Like I, I, and, and, and projecting the second half of the season, I mean, I, I am definitely excited to see if, if Kelnick or, or Julio are in the big leagues this year. I think Julio would be completely insane, but I don't think it's, it is a, a non-zero. I do think it's a non-zero percent chance that he's up. I think it would be crazy. Um, but I think Kelnick, we could, there is definitely a world where he's up before September, um, which seems crazy, but I think there, that is possible. And that's what uh, so. I think too. And I think that like at a certain point they're gonna reach the like why not kind of what we did with Kyle Lewis this mm-hmm. year, where it's like if we're we're bad, we might as well let him see some big league pitching for a month. Like there's literally no downside to that. So I think mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what's gonna happen. Julio, I agree with you. I think he's just he needs like a full year in the minors. I think not that I really watch that much minor league baseball, but like insane would be a good word for it if he did make it to the big leagues at his at his age and his like relative experience playing professional baseball in America. Um, but yeah, Kalanick, Kalanick is a thing to monitor for sure, which is another thing that we'll all need come June, July, August. Like when does Jared come up? Like watching his numbers. I'm excited for that. And also just watching minor league baseball. I need to, I need to kind of immerse myself in that world because I struggle to really sink my teeth in. But like if they're fun, like I obviously I would rather watch that than the Mariners roll out Kendall Graveman every five days. <laughs> Totally. And, and also like, and, and, you know, we don't have to go too far down the prospect uh, hole here, but like truly last year, I mean, I watched a ton and, and Logan Gilbert's another guy who I think we, they basically said he's going to be in the big leagues at some point this year. And there's no reason he shouldn't be. But if, if George Kirby goes out and does basically the same thing that Logan Gilbert did in his first full season, which is not totally crazy. Now it's like, all right, like those are two guys that seem a lot more sturdy and reliable than the, the current dudes we're relying on figuring it out in the rotation. So uh, that is uh, that is also something if I have to pick one. Of course, I was talking about Julio and Jared as they should, um, but like I'm pretty excited about George Kirby too. So I'll give him him some love there as well. 
Yeah, and I think my final sort of overarching thought about the whole prospects thing is like just the fact that we can have this conversation is such a delight. Like we were oh so God. far away from that at certain points where it's like we were grasping. You're reaching straws. so much. It's like, all right, Luis Liberato, how's he doing? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and even if like you know. Jerry DePoto is a very divisive figure. I think we all know that. But just the fact that he was able to do this and, like, get a farm system that is respectable and in some people's eyes even better than that, like, that's hard to do. And that is how you build a team. So, like, as we said, you know, at the beginning, like, some of them will fail. That's how it works or just not be as good as we think they will. But the fact that Jerry DePoto has done this tells me that he is – doing all right you know what i mean like he's not just going with the veterans or like having a prospect that he's putting all of his eggs into their basket it's like a real actual minor league system and that to me is fine like i don't really care at this point now obviously i i do care in the fact that i want them to be good and i'm rooting for them but it's not like okay if they fail then jerry depoto is a failure i guess and the people are going to disagree with that i i know that but that's how i feel about it yeah, no, I think that's that's totally fair. Um, and I think, like, like I was saying before, it's just like having more guys that are playing that are maybe part of the Mexico team. Because it was just so – that was what was so tough about sticking with the 2019 Mariners. It's not just that it was bad. It's just that you were watching guys that were simply – not relevant. All due respect to them and their careers, and I, I will remember the <laughs> the Tommy Malones and and all the Dylan Moore plays and all the you know like those will I'll remember all that. But it's like it's it's just hard to like to, to dream, right? You're, you 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 want to be watching if you're watching a bad team, you want to be watching a lot of bits and pieces that you're dreaming on and that you're seeing bits and flashes, and that's what was so cool about the Kyle Lewis run and so cool about Sheds last month, um, and is hopefully going to be cool about seeing. Evan White in the big leagues, uh, and that's you know that's 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 what it is. That's what that's what you got to root for. And, and and of course the teams, the fans of the teams that are already amazing, they're li- listening to this and saying that's hilarious, that's so lame. But like this is where we're at, and you know this is uh, I chose this, so don't feel bad for me. <laughs> exactly, that should just be the tagline of this whole podcast series. We chose this; <laughs> it's fine. We know that. Like that's the other thing. This is I guess the last thing I'll say. Like the other thing about being a Mariners fan is like you we're past the point of you making fun of us because we know. You know what I oh, mean? Like, yeah. Like people, it's so funny to me. Like legitimately funny when people are like, "Haha, I haven't made the playoffs in 19 years." It's like a every Mariners fan on the face of the earth knows that, and b it's like that's. That's not, like, an actual insult on me. Like, I'm going to root for them even if they win zero games. So, like, yeah, (laughs) it hasn't worked out. But, like, you know, I'll be here next year anyway. So, like, get your jokes off, I guess. It's really not going to do anything on my end. Totally. Yeah. No, that's – I can can very much relate to that. But – but uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, having me on for this uh, this kind of time of reflection and, and time of looking forward and I feel like uh, I feel like we're we're mostly uh, on the same page in, in our fandoms if they did, did not uh, you know come about it in a little bit different ways but you know they're all lookout landing uh, adjacent so uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Um, before you go, let's uh, let's plug away. What's your uh, where are you at on social media? Hint at any fun projects that you're allowed to talk about. Let's uh, let's talk Jordan for a second. Um, I will just say uh, Cespedes Barbecue on Twitter. Um, I will say that um, the, the the main thing we do during the season is is work. Uh, is we host uh, Change Up uh, on DAZN, which is a, a subscription streaming service. Uh, we were doing. Uh, I mean, that's we're going to be on that a lot this season. Uh, we got some announcements about that coming up 
uh, soon. So I should tell you to go subscribe and watch baseball with us because it's basically a and basically NFL red zone, but for baseball every single night. Uh, so that's a good time. And uh, you know, got some got some fun. Got our, our Bahamas video is going to be coming out uh, on Cut Four soon. So definitely take a look at that. Uh, Shedlong does make a cameo in that, so there's a good Mariners related uh, plug for that uh, video. Um, but yeah, we we've got we've got a lot of stuff in the works uh, that I can't speak on now. Um, so follow uh, at Cespedes BBQ on Twitter and Instagram, and you will find out very 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 soon. Beautiful. That was a very professional preview. We're all looking forward to shed oh, content. Oh wait, I have obviously. one more. I have one more thing. I have one more thing. I have one more thing. I'm so stupid. I, I like wrote this down earlier, and then I and I totally forgot because it's another Mariners related thing, which is that I was fortunate enough to write the Mariners comments in the upcoming 2020 Baseball Perspectives Annual. Wow. So not 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 to go ahead and just plug in another you know publication or website here, but if you want to read my writing on literally all of the Mariners from last year and this upcoming season. Go ahead, buy buy the BP annual, and you'll see my Tommy Malone comments because <laughs> it's still that. in there. That's great! Wow, I'm actually I didn't know that, so I'm I'm excited about that too. Um, yes, yes, yes. And no worries about plugging other publications. Uh, fuck with your boy <laughs> in short relief on BaseballPerspectives.com. There we go. There we go. We're all trying to sell out. Uh, White Claw, hook it up. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's really that's my angle now. Is the ho- the podcast is now a vehicle for me to get rich off other companies' money. So as, there you go. Tuned, that's everyone. that's that's the way to that's the way to do it. It is. Uh, I'm at Twitter or I'm on Twitter at mrobertson22. Obviously, readlookoutlanding.com. I can't imagine you're listening to this and aren't doing that anyway. But maybe if you discovered this through Jordan or through the barbecue, make your way on over to lookoutlanding.com. We have our 40 and 40 series going on right now, which is just an article on all 40 players on the 40-man roster. Um, so that's a slow, like, 40-day drip, one player each day. And if you want to familiarize yourself with this roster, we are the place to do it. So check that out. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, we will have baseball in our lives again. It's crazy how close spring training is. It always sneaks up on me every year. But we're really almost there. And this spring training will be fun because we get to see the kids. So Yeah, I'm going to hopefully everyone. be there. We're almost there. We'll hopefully be and there, at the end of so. the day, take yes. solace in the fact that the Seattle Mariners have not been in trouble for cheating even once this offseason. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. See you next week with a different guest. Bye. Regular Joe, who's covered and blown.